0: In this episode, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty and answer this question What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? Roll that intro. What's up? I'm your bro, Dr. Mario Escobedo, pastor and online Bible teacher. It wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence, knowledge, and tools to feed my desire to dig deeper into God's Word. Fast forward past many lessons learned, mentors, and personal encounters with God, and you'll see the incredible privilege God has given me to teach the Bible to others. I'm convinced now more than ever that it's been God's word that has led me to discover and fulfill the purpose God designed for me. I created the Christian Bro Code podcast to help you on your journey to do the same. If you're a Christian bro who wants to grow as a disciple of Jesus so you can live, love and lead in a way that honors God, you're in the right place. Let's get started, bro. What's up? It's your bro, Dr. Mario Escobedo. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Christian Bro Code Podcast. As I say in every episode, the purpose of the Christian Bro Code Podcast, and actually the Christian Bro Code YouTube channel, is to help you grow as a disciple of Jesus so that you can live, love, and lead in a way that honors God. You're listening to season number three, episode four, released on July the 4th, 2020. Happy Independence Day, if you're listening on the day of the release happy independence day as you're grilling, uh, cooking out, whatever you're doing. Well, uh here's something you can listen to. As you're grilling outside, putting those burgers, flipping those burgers, maybe getting the fireworks ready, here's something you can listen to that's going to help you grow as a disciple of Jesus. Now, more than likely, if you're listening to this around the release date, well, you're confined at home. This COVID thing, it's it's crazy, isn't it? I'm I'm t- it's it's crazy right now. As this episode is being released, when I'm recording this episode, I live in the Great Republic. Well, I guess the Great State of Texas. Uh, those of us who live in Texas uh, think of it more as a republic, but we we know it's the state of Texas. Um, we're, we're we're seeing some spikes. We're seeing some spikes in the COVID cases, and so it's it's been an interesting week. We uh, we know we're here at home. We've only gone out to go to church on Sunday this past Sunday, and my wife goes to the grocery store and stuff like that, that may be the same situation that you're in right now. So I don't know, maybe you're not even doing anything for the 4th of July. Typically what we do is that we get together as a family and we, you know, we go to my father-in-law's ranch and we blow stuff up and have fun and shoot guns and all that kind of stuff. But Hey, not this year. It's a very different year. 2020 has just been weird. Uh, man, 2020 has just been, been an interesting year. It's been an interesting year, but Hey, we're not going to let that get us down. We're not going to let that get us down. We are still disciples of Jesus, and uh, our trust and our confidence is in Him. That's it. Come what may, we will continue to trust in Him. So, hey, before I jump into the teaching for today, I want to remind you that over at com, I do have a free training for you, and the training is titled How to Kickstart Your Own Bible Study Library. And in that training, I go over three specific tools, Bible study tools that you can use you can get a hold of in order to start your own bible study library. And the reason I the reason I put this training together, I've I think I've explained it before, but let me give you just an explanation as to why I decided to put this free training together for you. I I really do believe that if you're going to grow as a disciple of Jesus, one of the things that you have to know how to do is how to do your own bible study. You you cannot, listen, you cannot rely exclusively on somebody else's bible study. Uh, for your spiritual nourishment, like you, you need to know how to do your own Bible study. And thinking about that, I said, "Well, I think I can put together something that will help anybody who wants to grow in their Bible study skills. Some tools that will help you do exactly that." And so that was the whole purpose of putting together that training: how to kickstart your Bible study library. Because, like I said, I do think it's important if you're going to grow as a disciple of Jesus. One of the things that is a non-negotiable. I mean, you got to know how to do your own Bible study. If not, you're always dependent on somebody else. You're not a self-feeder. You're not growing on your own. And listen, as a Christian bro, you don't want to be dependent on anybody. Uh we grow together, of course. We can learn from others, but if you're always dependent on somebody for your spiritual growth and your spiritual nourishment, then that's not good. So, go check out that free training, that free resource at the Christian Bro code Dot com available for you right now, totally free, so that you can kickstart your own Bible study library, keep growing as a disciple of Jesus, and using Bible study to do that. All right, let's jump into the episode, season three, episode number four, coming to you July the 4th, 2020. What are we talking about in this episode? Well, as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to tackle this question, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? And I felt this is a An important question to tackle here on the Christian Bro Code podcast, because, as I mentioned, every time I do an episode or I do a YouTube video, I talk about the purpose of the Christian Bro Code being growing as a disciple of Jesus. Of course, to live, love, and lead to honor God, but I always say it's about growing as a disciple of Jesus. And I've talked in previous episodes of what it means to be a disciple, and I want to go over some things, and I want to share some passages with you that will illustrate what I think it means to be a disciple of Jesus. So what we're going to do in this episode, I'm going to define what I think it is to be a disciple. I'm going to define what discipleship is, and then I'm going to go through some verses of Scripture, some passages in Scripture that I think illustrate some key, some fundamental characteristics of a disciple, what it means to be a disciple. Now, believe me, I completely understand that there's a whole lot more to discipleship than what I can present in one episode. And really, we'll be talking about this in upcoming episodes. We'll be fleshing this out more and exploring this more, but I feel that it's important, especially because, like I said, I mention it in every episode and in every YouTube video, Grow as a Disciple of Jesus, to give you an idea of what it is that I mean when I use the word disciple, discipleship, etc. So let's begin with this very simply. What is a disciple? How do I define a disciple? And what I'm going to share with you is something that I shared with the church, the the people of the church that I pastored. So a lot of what you're going to hear in this episode is stuff that I've shared with the people at my church, because over the last couple of years, we've been talking a lot about discipleship at our church. In fact, I'll tell you this, that uh, for 2019, we did something that I felt was pretty radical, but absolutely the right thing for us to do. We decided to do this as a pastoral staff. we literally wiped everything off of our calendar absolutely everything and said we are focusing on nothing but discipleship discipleship and and I'd love to tell you that we've got it all figured out we don't we're still we're still learning we're still trying to figure things out now with covid happening and self quarantine and people not going to church it, it's a whole new ball game and we're it feels like we're starting from scratch again but I mentioned that but because We've just made a decision as a pastoral team that we are going to focus on discipleship. And again, we're figuring this out. We've gone to some trainings. We're learning as we're going. We're implementing some things. But I want to share with you some of the things that we've discovered that are really have been very uh, important for us as a church, as a as a pastoral team, and I want to pass this on to you. And um, I'd love, I mean, if you have an opportunity, I'd love to hear what you think about discipleship. You can leave comments on wherever you're listening to this podcast, or you can send me an email, Mario at the Christian Broco.com, and uh we can engage in a dialogue uh discussing discipleship and what it means to be a disciple and what is discipleship. So let's begin, let's begin with a definition, a very simple definition of what is a disciple. Here's how I define who the disciple is, and here's i how i presented it to the people at my church. A disciple is this someone who is committed to being like Jesus and to living for Jesus. That's as simple as I can get it. Now, you can expand on that a lot. You can go a whole bunch of different directions on defining what a disciple is. But when we came up with this, I wanted to distill it to the absolute essential nature of what it means to be a disciple so that our people could have just a very clear understanding of what we mean when we say a disciple. Now, the church I pastor is a Spanish-speaking congregation, so all of this, it's in Spanish, so I've translated it to English for the purposes of the podcast. But let me say that again. A disciple is someone who is committed to being like Jesus and to living for Jesus. Two very crucial, fundamental aspects of being a disciple. The first thing, being like Jesus. Well, that's, that's the goal of everyday living, that every day we grow and we become more and more like Jesus. We're, we're more conformed to the image of Christ every day. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you need to be like Jesus. And when I say living for Jesus, what I mean is that you make Jesus's mission your mission, that it's not about your own agenda. It's not about your own life purpose, your own life goals. It's about living for Jesus. And whatever he came to this earth to do, you're just picking up where he left off, and you're living for him. And as we get into some of the passages that I've chosen for this episode, I'm going to flesh that out more. So that's a disciple, someone who is committed to being like Jesus and to living for Jesus. So if that's what a disciple is, then what is discipleship? Very simply, discipleship is the lifelong process of learning to be like Jesus and to live for Jesus. They they go together. I mean, you can't you can't be a disciple without discipleship. And so discipleship for us is the lifelong process of learning to be like Jesus and to live for Jesus. And I want to I just really quick just camp out on that, on that phrase, lifelong process. One of the things I mention to the people at my church all the time is that not a single one of us has grown all there is to grow or has learned all there is to learn. Discipleship is a lifelong process. Now, of course, along the way you learn things, you should. You should be growing and learning things, but there will always be something to learn, there will always be room for growth. So long as we're on this earth, so long as we're human, there will always be room for growth. There will always be room for learning. And so discipleship is not just the process of learning to be like Jesus and to live for Jesus, it's the lifelong process of learning to be like Jesus and to live for for Jesus. Very important to make that distinction. So, a disciple is someone who's committed to being like Jesus and to living for Jesus. And so, discipleship is the lifelong process of learning to be like Jesus and to live for Jesus. And so, now let's get into some, some very basic, but I think essential characteristics of what it means to be a disciple. And I've chosen some scriptures that, uh, again, we could, cho- I mean, there's just so, so much we could choose, of course, so much we can talk about but I wanted to choose some things that I felt really describe the essence of that definition of what it means to be a disciple. So I've chosen just a handful of passages. It's not a lot. It's just a handful of passages that I think give a very good explanation, give a very good illustration of what it means to be a disciple. And I've, I've, I've prepared them this way. These passages illustrate characteristics of a disciple. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read each of these passages, and then I'm going to tell you what I think is the characteristic of a disciple that that passage highlights or illustrates. Now, I'll tell you that with each passage we're going to read, there are actually more than one. There are probably several characteristics of a disciple that each passage illustrates, but I'm just going to choose one from each of the passages that I'm going to read to you. And I'm going to start with Matthew chapter 4. Verses nineteen and twenty. Let me set this up for you. This is when Jesus calls his first two disciples. At least in the book of Matthew, he calls Peter and he calls Andrew. And listen, listen to listen to how this passage reads. Matthew chapter four, actually beginning in verse eighteen, verses eighteen through twenty. This is what it says: While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Verse nineteen. And he said to them. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Verse 20, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Now, as I read that passage, what is the characteristic of a disciple that I, that I think this passage illustrates? And here's what I think it is. A disciple undergoes transformation. Notice that Jesus came up to them, and and the passage says for they were fishermen they were fishing because they were fishermen and Jesus told them I will make you fishers of men what Jesus is saying there is you're going to become something that you currently are not currently you are fishers of fish but if you follow me you're going to undergo a transformation and I'm going to make you fishers of men so inherently just part of the process of being a disciple one of the fundamental characteristics of being a disciple is that a disciple undergoes some sort of transformation. Now, this is a great thing because in this calling, and I've talked about this in a previous episode of the podcast, this was maybe a year, year and a half ago, but I remember talking about this, that when Jesus called them, he was looking at them and he saw them not for what they were in the moment, but for what they could become. Jesus knew that if they were to follow him, they would undergo a process of transformation and they would become something far greater than what they currently were. They would be fishers of men. And so part of the process of being a disciple, one of the fundamental characteristics of being a disciple is that a disciple undergoes transformation. And Jesus here, I think, I think one of the fantastic uh, things that that this passage illustrates is that Jesus saw in the disciples things that they didn't even know were in them. I mean, they had no clue that they would eventually become men who would literally turn the world upside down. Peter had no clue that one day, several years later, he'd stand in front of a crowd and he would preach the first post-Pentecost sermon, and that 3,000 people would come to the feet of Jesus, would would accept Jesus as their Savior. There's no way that at that moment when Jesus called them that Peter and Andrew knew what they were going to become. Now, Jesus did. Jesus saw potential where the disciples couldn't see potential. Jesus saw what they would become when they, in that moment, there's no way they could have seen what they were going to become. But Jesus did see that. Jesus could see that. And what it was going to require, of course, was going to be a process of transformation. And so anybody who is going to be a disciple of Jesus must understand that there is going to be a process of transformation that has to take place. You need to go from where you are to where Jesus wants you to be as his disciple. And sometimes that can be uncomfortable. Some th- That's not always just a, a, a very easy road to travel. Sometimes that there is going to be some discomfort in getting rid of some of the things that you currently have in your life in order to become what Jesus wants you to become. You do have to undergo a process of transformation That's not always the easiest thing. But in the long run, I'll tell you this it pays off. It will definitely pay off to allow yourself to go through that process of transformation that Jesus wants to put you through in order to be his disciple. So, the first characteristic that I see fundamental for being a disciple of Jesus, based on Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20, is that a disciple undergoes transformation. The next passage I want to take you to is also in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. This is a very well-known passage. This is right before Jesus ascends to heaven. Typically, we refer to this passage as the Great Commission, because this is where Jesus literally right before he goes up into heaven, he tells the disciples what they're supposed to do once he's gone. And so Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 18, reads like this, Then Jesus came to them, this is the disciples, and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, the characteristic of a disciple that I see from this passage is this. A disciple advances the mission that Jesus started. That has to be a fundamental characteristic of a disciple. A disciple advances the mission that Jesus started. Notice, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, meaning I came down to this earth and I did what the Father gave me authority to do one of those things that he did is that he chose these 12 to be with him, and then he's going to send them out to preach the gospel. But then he tells them, so because I have been given that authority, now you, you go out and you make disciples of all nations. So notice that the expectation of Jesus is that the disciples were simply going to pick up where he left off. The disciples were going to be dedicated and committed to advancing the mission that Jesus had initiated. He told them, go and make disciples of all nations, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And so you begin to see the chain of discipleship begin to form. I discipled you, you're going to go and you're going to teach everyone that you come in contact with in all the nations, everything I have commanded you. You're going to disciple just like you've been discipled. And one of the things that the, the disciples would teach the people that they would come in contact with is this great commission. I I think that that would be one of the things that the disciples were going to pass on to the people that they would disciple. That they would say, okay, now that you know Jesus, and now that we've discipled you, now the commission that Jesus gave us, you carry it on too. You go make more disciples. So, a disciple, a, a primary, fundamental, non negotiable, essential characteristic of a disciple is that a disciple advances the mission that Jesus started. And this is this is somewhat of what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode where I said that to live for Jesus means that you don't live in order to advance your own agenda. You don't live in order to advance your own purposes. If you're going to be a disciple of Jesus, you understand that your life is dedicated to advancing the mission that Jesus started. That's going to look different for every one of us. God, in his ultimate wisdom and sovereignty. Has gifted each one of us differently. And that's fantastic. So Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12. And so each one of us will advance the mission of Jesus in a way, or we should, in a way that lines up with how we've been gifted and wired by God. The mission is the same for every one of us, but we all have a different assignment in advancing the mission. There are some people who are fantastic at evangelism, at bringing new people to Jesus. I'm going to tell you, I'm not one of those. But there are other people. Who are really good at at training at equipping the people who are already saved now I, that's that's where my gifting is, and so I'm never going to make somebody feel bad that they're not doing what I'm doing to advance the mission that Jesus started, and at the same time i'm not going to feel guilty that I'm not doing what someone else is doing to advance the mission that Jesus started We're all disciples, and we all have the responsibility the charge of advancing the mission that Jesus started. And the best way to do that is to do it in a way that honors God by you using the giftings that he has given you. And all of that, all of that is for the purpose of advancing the mission that Jesus started. A primary characteristic, fundamental, non-negotiable, essential characteristic of a disciple, a disciple advances the mission that Jesus started. On to the next one. For this, we're going to read uh, something from one of Paul's writings, Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. This is Paul writing to the Christians in Colossae, the city of Colossae. Colossians is a great epistle. I love, I love Colossians. But this is what Paul tells the Colossians. And he's talking about Jesus in this case. And notice what he tells him he says the following He, Jesus, is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. When I read that passage, I read those two verses, the characteristic of a disciple that I see in these two verses is the following. A disciple strives for spiritual maturity. Notice that Paul says this is what we do we teach everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Now Paul is explaining that he's doing his part we're teaching everyone with all wisdom but there comes a point when the people who are being taught have to accept the responsibility that the their spiritual maturity their development their spiritual uh, development They're ultimately responsible for it. And so, yes, we have those in authority over us. We have those that God has placed over us, our leaders, our pastors, teachers, etc., and they teach us with all wisdom. But at some point, you have to recognize that as a disciple, you have to take responsibility for your own spiritual growth. A disciple strives for spiritual maturity. And this goes back to what I was saying when I was talking about the free resource that I have available for you at thechristianbrocode.com, how to kickstart your bible study library that at some point you you just you just have to you have to own it you have to own your spiritual growth you have to own the process of your spiritual development and your spiritual maturity we will always need to learn from others we will always need others to teach us to guide us to coach us to correct us we will always need that but at the end of the day each one of us has to be responsible for our own spiritual growth and our own spiritual maturity. There can be no other way. Your pastor cannot go to your house and pray in your place, pray for you, pray instead of you. He can't go to your house and read the Bible for you. He can't do that. Ultimately, he can equip you. He can provide all that he can and all that you need in order to grow But at the end of the day, you have to be the one to make the decision, and you're going to say, I'm going to grow. I'm going to do what I need to do in order to grow, because a disciple strives for spiritual maturity. Now, at our church, we talk a lot about this. We talk a lot about this at our church, and we have a phrase. that's in Spanish, and I'll do my best to translate it into English. But what we say in Spanish is the following, crecer es mi deber. It sounds really nice in Spanish. And essentially what that means is, my growth is my responsibility. My growth is my responsibility. And I think that lines up so well with Scripture that you have to take personal responsibility for your spiritual growth. You cannot put it on anybody else. You cannot blame anybody else if you're not growing. You are ultimately responsible. A disciple is ultimately responsible for their own spiritual growth, and a disciple strives for spiritual maturity. And I think I think Paul puts it so eloquently in verse 29 when he says to this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me he's saying look I'm doing everything I can in order to train you and teach you so that you can grow and be fully mature in Christ but Paul understands that you can't force somebody to grow that the person that you're trying to advance in their spiritual growth they have to make the decision to grow and so as a disciple You need to understand that you need to strive for spiritual maturity. Own your spiritual growth. Own the responsibility for spiritual growth. It's not your pastor's responsibility to grow for you. Yes, as pastors, we're responsible to give you any and every opportunity to grow, to train you, to teach you, to coach you, but you are ultimately responsible for your own spiritual growth. A disciple strives for spiritual maturity. And I want to commend you because if you're listening to this podcast right now, then that tells me that you're taking your spiritual growth responsibility. You're looking for opportunities. You're looking for avenues of growth and you've discovered this podcast as a potential avenue for your spiritual growth. Congratulations. That's great. Keep doing it. Keep going. And in fact, I would say this um, when you're done listening to this episode, don't take for granted what I've said. I'd, I'd encourage you to go back and on your own, look at each of these passages that I've I've mentioned or that I'm mentioning in this episode and, and evaluate them for yourself. I'm sure there are going to be other characteristics of a disciple that you see in there, but evaluate, test what I'm saying, go back and read these passages and see what you're able to discover from them. And by doing so, the reason I ask you to do that is not for you to challenge me. I'm not looking for a debate or a challenge, no. But by doing so, what you're doing is that you are taking responsibility for your spiritual growth. You're saying, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm not just going to rely on what Mario said. Yeah, he's my bro and everything. Yeah, he, he's he got a PhD and everything, but I'm not, I'm not going to rely on that guy. He's still human. I'm not going to rely on him only. I, I'm going to go and I'm going to take responsibility for my own spiritual growth because a disciple strives for spiritual maturity. Okay, next passage. And In fact, this is the last passage that I'm going to share with you. This one, I, I love this one. I love this one. This is in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. So this is Paul writing to his young apprentice, to his young student, his protege, Timothy. And I love what Paul says in these verses, because to me, it just really illustrates the whole heart, the concept of discipleship. And here it is. He says the following, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, verse 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people, who will also be qualified to teach others. Now, there's a lot there. there. I mean, it's very it's very simple to understand on the surface, but there really is a pattern of discipleship that Paul outlines in just those two verses, and in particular in verse two, because he tells Timothy the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, meaning you've heard me teach, you've been among the group of people that I've taught. And I'm sure that Paul had some one-on-one sessions with Timothy as well. He didn't just teach him in the crowd, but he had some one-on-one sessions with him. And so what you see there is that Paul was discipling Timothy. What's interesting, and we don't really think about this a whole lot, is that somebody discipled Paul, when Paul was first, he had that Damascus Road experience. We know from the Book of Acts that there were people who discipled Paul. There were people who taught Paul. We we don't think about that a whole lot. And in fact, this was really brought to my attention in uh, when was it February of two thousand twenty when my pastoral team and I we uh, we went to a, a clinic on discipleship. In fact. And they, they illustrated that point to us, hey, somebody, this great giant of the faith, the apostle Paul, who's responsible for a lot of writings in, in the New Testament, someone had to coach him, someone had to disciple him. And so what you see here is Paul is telling Timothy, you know, I've taught you a lot of stuff, one-on-one and in a group, in the presence of many witnesses. Now, the implicit statement behind that is someone had to teach me someone had to disciple me. For me to disciple you, Timothy, somebody had to disciple me. And then he goes on to say, okay, so the stuff that you've heard me say, then entrust that stuff to reliable people. Meaning, Timothy, what I've taught you, which is what I, was, what I received, what I learned from others, I taught it to you, you are going to teach it to others. You're going to entrust this to reliable people. Notice the chain of discipleship. Someone discipled Paul. Paul is discipling Timothy, and then he tells Timothy, "Now you entrust what you've learned from me to reliable people." He doesn't use the word discipleship per se, but the concept is there. I learned from somebody. I've taught you. Now you teach somebody else. And and then and then he takes it one step further. And I haven't mentioned the insight that I take from this passage, but I'm getting there. Don't worry, I'm, I'm going to get there. But then he he finishes this verse by saying who will also be qualified to teach others. So Timothy, you are going to teach others what I've taught you, but the purpose is that they then will teach others. So no, just notice how this goes. Somebody taught Paul. Paul taught Timothy. Timothy is going to teach others, and those others are going to teach even others. And so what Paul is talking about here is a chain of discipleship, multi, a multi-generational chain of discipleship multiple generations of discipleship. The characteristic of a disciple that we learned that I see in these two verses is the following. A disciple commits to discipling others. I'm going to repeat that because that's important. A disciple commits to discipling others. And I want that to sink in because a lot of times we think of discipleship as just my process of learning and of growing, but the whole purpose of discipleship is not just for you to retain what you've learned, but for you to pass on what you've learned. What we learned in this clinic that I've mentioned now several times that we attended, and and what we've been saying a lot at our church is the following, that we want to be a church that makes disciples who make disciples. Meaning it's not enough for us to make disciples, but we want to take it a step further. The kind of disciple that we want to make at our church is the kind of disciple who is committed to making more disciples. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the whole pattern that Jesus established. That's what he started with. That's the mission that he initiated. That's what we see Paul doing in many of his writings and just in his life and his missionary journeys, that he trained and equipped others, not just for the sake of training and equipping others, but so that they would, in turn, train and equip others. That's the chain of discipleship. And so you and I, we're here now in the 21st century, in 2020, as crazy a year as it's been. We're now in 2020 as a result of an unbroken chain of discipleship that goes all the way back to Jesus. Imagine if at some point in history, somebody had broken the chain of discipleship, meaning somebody, some generation decided not to disciple the following generation. We would not be here, potentially. But because throughout all the generations after after Jesus this chain of discipleship remained unbroken. We're here. And we can trace our discipleship lineage all the way straight back to Jesus. He started the mission. He, he commissioned the disciples to make disciples, and that chain started with him, and it's been unbroken throughout multiple generations of the disciples. And so, guess what? Here we are now. Here, here we are. Now, it would be a sad thing if this would be the last generation of disciples, because we didn't do our job of discipling others. And so a fundamental characteristic of a disciple of Jesus is that a disciple commits to discipling others. And, and I'm, I'm going I'm to go one step further. And I, I actually talked about this at my church, uh, my Father's Day sermon, uh, June, this year, June 21st, just a few weeks ago. And what I told the men in my church was the following, you know, I was talking about this idea of being committed to advancing the mission that Jesus started and discipling others. And what I told them this is is the following, the very first people you should be committed to discipling are the ones that are under your very own roof. Those should be your first disciples, the ones who are under your own roof. It's fantastic if you're committed to discipling people in your neighborhood or at work, that's great, that's noble, that's necessary, that's part of the mission, but it has to start with those who are under your very own roof. If a fundamental characteristic of being a disciple is that a disciple commits to discipling others, then to me, it stands to reason that you would start in your own home. It's great that you want to reach the nations, it's great that you want your neighbors and your coworkers to come to Jesus and you want to be involved in that, but it has to start with those who are under your own roof. A disciple commits to discipling others. Now, one last thing that I'll say regarding this about committing to discipling others and committing to the mission that Jesus started, I think a lot of times when we think about discipleship, we think about teaching and and helping those who are already Christians, helping them grow more as Christians, and definitely, definitely that is part of discipleship. But I'll take you back to Matthew 28, 18 through 20, where Jesus said, therefore, go into all the nations and make disciples. Now, at the time, of course, there were no Christians outside of Jerusalem. I mean, the disciples were it. That was it. (laughs) So when Jesus said, go to the nations and make disciples, essentially what he's saying is, go to the places where nobody knows about me and make disciples. Essentially, make new disciples. Don't just train up The existing disciples don't just teach each other more about what it means to be a disciple. No, go out and find new disciples, make new disciples, and those are the ones that you have to disciple. And so, an important part of being a disciple and committing to discipling others is that it's not just a commitment to helping those who are already saved, already disciples, to being better disciples. It's this this idea of advancing the mission that Jesus started and finding new disciples. Bringing new people into the kingdom of God, that's an essential aspect of disciples, of being a disciple. And one of the things I, I told my, my congregation, I don't remember which, what time when I was preaching, I told them, basically, look, there are two kinds of people in this world. And you've heard that. There, there are always two kinds of people in the world, right? Uh, but the, I, I laid it out this way. There are two kinds of people in this world, disciples and pre-disciples. And every person you come into contact with, if they don't know Jesus, they're potential disciples. Anybody is a potential disciple. Anybody you have an encounter with is a potential disciple, no matter how far away from God they might be, no matter how much of a scoundrel they might be, no matter how much of a a shameless person they might be, they're still potential disciples. Jesus did say, I didn't come to to save uh, the, the righteous or to call the righteous, but to call sinners. And so the people that Jesus wants to make his disciples are people who are far from him. And the way he does that is he uses us, those of us who are already his disciples, to do that. And again, I'll I'll mention to you, not all of us have that gift of just going out and evangelizing and winning tons of souls for Jesus, but there can be that one person that you have an influence over that you can then bring into the kingdom of God. And so with that, I'd I'd like to issue, I don't know, I guess something of a challenge to you that you would begin to think of that one person if you're not necessarily evangelistically oriented. You're not a person who just very easily and naturally shares the gospel. You know who those people are, that they can turn any conversation very easily and very naturally to a conversation that presents a gospel. I'll tell you again, I'm not one of those. I'm not. I'm just I'm just not. Maybe you are. But if you're not, you can do something because you have influence over certain people in your life. There are people who will listen to you. You you have equity with certain people, and what you can begin to do as of right now is just start to pray for them. I mean, that's all you have to do. And I'll tell you because this has happened in my life that as you begin to pray for somebody, a burden for them begins to grow in your heart. It's 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 incredible how that happens as you just begin to pray for them and say, Lord, help them, guide them, give them wisdom, give me opportunity to speak the gospel to them, give me the opportunity to to act the gospel out, that they wouldn't just hear the gospel from my mouth, but that they would see the gospel in my actions. As you begin to pray for that person, a burden for that person begins to grow in your heart. And so right now, one of the things that you can do as a committed disciple of Jesus is just begin to pray for that one person who you feel that the Lord might lead you to make them into a disciple of Jesus. And maybe at the moment, your only prayer has to be, Lord, I don't even have anybody in mind right now. I haven't even thought down that route. Well, maybe all you can need to do right now is say, Lord, why don't you begin to show me, Lord? Who is that person? Who is that pre-disciple that you would like for me to begin to minister to through my actions, through my words, whatever it is? Who is that pre-disciple that you would like for me to begin to minister to? And I know that the Holy Spirit will begin to lead you and guide you, and you will begin to develop a burden for that purpose for that person it's one of the most beautiful burdens you will ever have in your life and so be, be, begin with this begin just begin praying for somebody and if you don't know who that person is yet then ask the holy spirit to lead you in that prayer so as a recap what is a disciple a disciple is someone who's committed to being like Jesus and to living for Jesus discipleship is the lifelong process of learning to be like Jesus and to live for Jesus Some of the characteristics we described and discussed in this episode of being a disciple are as follows. A disciple undergoes transformation. Follow me and I'll make you fishes of men, Jesus told Simon and Andrew. So a disciple undergoes transformation. A disciple advances the mission Jesus started. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, Jesus told his disciples right before he ascended to heaven. So a disciple advances the mission Jesus started. A disciple strives for spiritual maturity. Paul said that we do this work so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Take responsibility for your own spiritual growth and strive for spiritual maturity. And finally, a disciple commits to discipling others. Paul told Timothy, you've heard me say these things now and trust them to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. So a disciple commits to discipling others others. Many more things I'm sure that we could discuss when it comes to being a disciple of Jesus, but these are just some characteristics that I felt are essential as we talk about what is a disciple. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? And let me just one more time issue this challenge to you. Begin to pray for somebody or begin to ask the Holy Spirit to place a burden in your heart for somebody that you will then begin to minister the gospel to them in your words and with your deeds so that they can see Christ through you and their their curiosity, their hunger is going to be piqued and you will have opportunity to share the gospel with them. And I'll remind you just one last time, I think such an essential aspect of learning how to grow as a disciple is being able to do your own Bible study. So do not forget to go over to the thechristianbroke.com and pick up your free training on how to kickstart your Bible study library so that you can continue to grow as a disciple of Jesus, so that you can live, love, and lead, to honor God, so that you can advance the mission that Jesus started, because you are his disciple, and we will not let, we will not allow the chain of discipleship that started with Jesus, we will not allow it to end with this generation of disciples. We will, we will pass on discipleship to the next generation, and we will begin in our own homes. All right, bro, that's all I've got for you for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, if you haven't done so, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Make sure to share this with somebody else so that they can grow as a disciple of Jesus so that they can live, love, and lead to honor God. And until next time, God bless, bro.